was, in a word, cranky. But then I excused him in what I considered a most charitable fashion. Why shouldn't he be, since he didn't know me from Adam? He'd found me seated behind the front desk, and what he must find especially irksome was that it was his own front desk. A sign on the wall outside said this place was a detective agency. He was the detective, but without a clue as to the person minding the store. That person was me, was I, I should say. Miss China Bohannon, spinster, late of Walla Walla, Washington. Nerving myself, I boldly met his impatient gaze. In the stark light of an electric fixture suspended from the high tin ceiling, I saw his eyes were gray and fringed with thick black lashes. Lost in admiration for a brief moment, I was getting ready to answer when I caught wind of a potent stench eddying from his filthy, rough clothing. My nose flared in distaste. The corner of his mouth quirked, and what I guessed was amusement as he marked my reaction. What on earth had he been doing? I wondered. He must have been up all night hobnobbing with the drunks and parlor girls down on Skid Road to have picked up so much of their flavor. I still hadn't answered his questions, either of them, and he wasn't about to let me forget. As if he thought he might be frightening me, Doyle made a noticeable effort to soften his voice when he next spoke. Well, he was. Frightening me, I mean. A little. I sucked in a breath and put some starch in my spine. Can't figure it out? Let's start over, shall we? Easy things first. Where's Monk? Mr. Howe. Thankfully, he stepped away and began stripping off the tattered, booze-stained coat. At least I hoped those dark spots were booze. The alternative that leapt to my mind was blood. I don't know what you mean. I didn't much care for his tone. I fancied I heard condescension in the query and gave a flat answer that sounded even flatter, given my Missouri twang. Mr. Howe had to go out. I'm watching the office for him. Do tell. And did he say where he was going? If there was Missouri in my voice, surely Ireland colored his. Yes, indeed he did. I flashed him a glance. A gentleman by the name of Mr. Clarence Biddlestrom sent a messenger asking Mr. Howe to meet with him at 9.30 this morning in his home. I imagine Mr. Howe is in that meeting as we speak. My gaze narrowed. By the by, your mustache is falling off. Doyle reached up and yanked the offending element from his upper lip, smothering a yelp as a few from his own dark stubble of whiskers pulled away with the gum Arabic. He winced, scowling as a grin dented the sides of my mouth before I could stop myself. You have a name, I expect. He growled, sounding quite menacing. I nodded, glad I'd refrained from laughing, even though he didn't scare me any longer. I suppose you do, too. He matched the description my uncle, Montgomery Howe, had given. Dark hair, medium height, medium build. About twenty-eight years old. More than the sum of his parts, I thought. Only Uncle Monk hadn't mentioned his partner was downright handsome. When I sensed he was about to erupt, I added... I would imagine you are Mr. Grattan Doyle, are you not? I know who I am. He rubbed his upper lip where two or three tiny speckles of blood welled. 
I beg leave to doubt whether you are anyone at all. I'm trying to decide whether you wandered in off the street and felt in need of a place to sit, or if you have mischief in mind. Mischief? I'll have you know Mr. Howe asked me to mind the office. When? He demanded, his expression threatening. When did Howe hire you? Sure the hell couldn't have been much of an interview. How long have you been here? I hesitated. Hired? I hadn't said I'd been hired. I said I'd been asked to mind the office. The hiring part had a nice tempting ring to it. Long enough, I believe, to have learned such a simple job. I said, darting a glance at the watch pinned to my freshly pressed, snowy white shirt waist. His teeth ground together. Who are you? Tell me quick, lady, before I toss you into the street on your behalf.